Welcome back to the All Hallows School podcast, the place where we talk to staff, parents and pupils to find out more about life at the school. Now in this episode, we're going into the art department as we speak to Head of Art, Sasha Guppy. Now this conversation is a little different. We hear about what the art department looks like in school, but we also get a little bit deep and meaningful in our conversation too, about just why art is important, not just in school, but in life. Sasha's love for art shines through in this episode, so I know you're going to love it. So come with me now into the art department as we speak to Head of Art, Sasha Guppy. Sasha, thank you for being here and welcome to this episode of the podcast. How are you doing today? Great, Simon. Just having a relaxing day before heading into school. And what does a relaxing day normally look like for you? It usually involves a little bit of reading, a bath, a big breakfast, usually Californian style, a bit of salsa heaped on. Very good. And I'm picking up an accent there and you mentioned California. Is that where you're from then? It's where I grew up. I've been a have an international background. Okay. All right. So North California, South California, somewhere in the middle? Northern California, Berkeley, California. Okay. Right. And I'm I'm intrigued now. You mentioned about international. Where else have you lived in the world then? I'm born in the UK, but I also spend a lot of time in Paris as we have French artists in the family. So we traveled between the three countries. So I'm a rather mixed up individual. So tell me then a bit about where you went to school. I mean, did you go to school in Paris or in the UK or or was that in California? Most of my education was California, but I studied in Paris. I did a year for when I was eight because my mother wanted to locate back to Paris, but she ended up sending me back to California. As most kids, that was my foundation and where I, you know, had most of my friends. Okay, well, let's take it into All Hallows and in particular into the art department. Just for for the sake of anyone listening to this who's maybe never stepped Mm. into the art department, just take us through how it looks, how it feels, what kind of things you have in there and what sort of reactions you get from people when they step in. The art department where we have a vision of treating it like a gallery. So we have themed exhibitions. At the moment, it's You Are an Artist and it's famous artworks. So we have Andy Warhol at the bottom of the stairs and we have some abstract pieces. You walk up the stairs, you've got puppets from across the timeline, women and men, famous ones, children have made with the names attached. Come up the stairs, you come into hallway and there's more artworks there's a lot of mod rock sculptures as we're starting to create our new theme which is land and sea so there's about 50 fishes piled up as works in progress which are looking to be transformed so it's it's refined and yet it's it's also exciting because there's things happening new things fresh ideas you come into the art classroom I've got fairy lights in there and You've got paint bottles, you've got four tables, and you have the new exhibition ideas in the back wall to stimulate ideas for the kids to, you know, exemplars of the pieces that I've made. And we also have a technician, Clive Hable, who produces artwork as well. And we've got, if you come into the other room, there's a clay room where we have ceramics and sculptures from other time periods wire sculptures just trying to keep it as dynamic as possible we have a resident artist who produces clay works and you can see some of her pieces there as well as she's producing them 
So it's a just a dynamic mix. It sounds like it. It really does. I, I sort of got a feel for actually being in there now. Um, <laughs> Now, if I ask you this, I, I imagine you're going to say yes, because if, if I asked you whether art is good for the rest of a child's academic life at school, I presume you would say yes. Based on that presumption, why do you think it is such a helpful thing for other aspects of school life? Well, art is a visual form, but it also touches on everything, whether it's history, whether it's mathematics, and also it's it's a point where you can also calm yourself while producing. So it's also a meditative quality to it. And also while you're creating, it takes a resilience to keep going on it, the layers of work, problem solving. But within all that, there's so much support that the children receive from myself and Mr. Habel, who is in many of my lessons, mm-hmm. that it's also... It's not a risky environment, even though it's for some art can be quite challenging if you, you know, with the hand eye coordination, if you find that a challenge is ways and means that we support the children. So it's, 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 we try to make it as fun as possible as well as a place. So do you sometimes find that there are children who, who maybe aren't very confident when it comes to expressing themselves in art? And if that is the case, how do you go about sort of drawing that out of them a little bit? I think it's through the ideas. If there's an idea there and they're part of something, that reduces some of the fear factor or mm. of expressing yourself. So there's the exemplars that are already there. So it's not them necessarily producing something from nothing. There's games you can play for the creative stimulus as well. Okay. So you, for instance, you could, there's like the game of folding a piece of paper. One person starts with a drawing and people keep adding on to it. But I think all children initially are creative. It's when you have a bad experience, if that happens to you, that's where the fear starts building up. And it's mm. so rare that we have someone who's who has a nervousness about it. But when they do, it's, you know, we're there, we'll, we'll help them start off a drawing if that's necessary. There's ways of transferring images and learning the techniques. So it just depends who they are and what they need. But there's a solution to whatever issue could arise. But on the most part, because it's fun, it works out. So that's really interesting. You say that children are naturally creative, immediately thinking, therefore, of the TED Talk. I think it's the most popular TED Talk ever, which a number of the listeners will have heard of Sir Ken Robinson. And and I think the main Mm. emphasis of that is that, generally speaking, we tend to educate our children out of creativity, to use his words. Is that something that you agree with as as a general sort of, I don't mean at at all hallows and within your class, but but as a a general thing, is that that kind of what, what adults tend to do with children? I think it's society does it because there's this overemphasis on academics, which is important, but there is a more balanced way of embracing all subjects, especially with the future we're heading into. Creativity is going to be needed even more so. And when you look around you, everything has been designed or created by a creative person. And somehow society has lost the ability to value creativity, which is a great shame. But Mm. it's somehow England as a country 
we have such amazing creative industry, whether it's fashion, film, you know, furniture making. It's it's quite extraordinary that England has done well. And maybe that is that there has been a bit of protection for the creative within education. But I don't think they've done enough yet to incorporate creativity. But I think in the future, there's going to be some vast changes Hmm. within how we teach and how we learn. So when you talk about the creativity within sort of fashion and film, what are you thinking of in particular? Any examples you're thinking that, that we might know and recognize? As fashion, you've got, well, we send our fashion designers around the world. I think a lot of people get headhunted from England and used. Mm. So why do you think it is then that, that the UK is sort of holding on to that, that creativity aspect as opposed to other, other countries that you indicate may, may be more sort of academic focused? Well, I think when you, you look at the French children and Spanish children, quite a few of them come to Ohalo saying that they haven't had any art lessons. And generally speaking, if they have had art, they've had to go outside to find extra courses to do. It's not within the curriculum base. In America, one of the first things that they have cut to save money is the arts. So within England, whether it's the comprehensives, they still are doing art. The only thing I would say, which I find is sad, is it's very formulaed, the art education. It's not... Because academics has filtered down so strongly, they're trying to make art prove itself academically, which is important sometimes, but it shouldn't be important all the time because that's removing the creative process, which should be allowed to go into tangents and play, as it were. Yeah, yeah. So that's the that's one of the reasons where O'Hallas opened up possibilities for me because they gave me a freedom to throw the scheme of work out of the window and do themes which linked into what I used to love to do as a before I went into teaching which is exhibitions and I think there's still room within the way I teach to bring in more independent choice which is one of the things I'm planning to head into experimenting with next year mm-hmm. where I, I might set a theme but the children actually decide what they're going to produce for that theme mm-hmm. instead of me deciding well here you go you're going to do fish and you're going to do you're going to do seascapes I'm going to I'm thinking of allowing them to to research and then come to me and to have a communication what they might like to produce and how and then mm. I supply them with with what they need showing them the techniques that feels like an even more exciting thing to do for the children. And why do you feel like that's important for them to have that freedom of choice as opposed to them following a set of instructions or a curriculum or a, you know, a framework or a guideline? I think it's because you come into school and you're always being instructed what to do, which mm. is great for building up the abilities, but you also need to be able to learn to take these things that you learned in all your classes and Mm -hmm. start relying on yourself and taking that journey without being independent basically what are you like as an independent learner what can you realize I think is quite exciting as long as you have that safety net that they are given the tools they need to produce something independent and exciting 
So one of the things that we often see in life is that, in fact, I, I did it myself on this podcast episode, is that people sort of imagine that art and music and things like that are very good at supporting the more academic subjects. But does that mean then that we're taking something away from art itself, whereas, you know, surely art is important enough to, you know, to warrant its own standing on its own feet as opposed to being there in order to help other subjects? How do you feel about that? Sorry, say that once more time. I tried to understand what question well, the, you're the, asking. The, the, the idea of art only being there to be a cheerleader for more academic subjects as opposed to it standing on its own feet and being important enough that, that, that we should be saying, well, maybe the other way around, you know, maybe we should be saying that English and maths are, are, are great. And one of the reasons mm -hmm. that they're great is because they, they help to support things like art. I think where with many of the artist friends, for instance, one friend of mine was saying that his parents did not want him go going down the art route because he did not know how he was going to support himself. And he has made a living, be it it's more challenging if you go down a fine art route. But then they're forgetting there's a whole range within that where there's, there's film, there's furniture making, there's graphic design, there's all those jobs within it, there's uh, set design, there's makeup there and they could and then it can also feed into helping with other careers um so it's I think it's a lack of awareness of people of where the benefits are and that it actually is a big industry in England is that answering a question or it, it does yeah it does and, and very much from a from a parent point of view there as well because I imagine that a lot of parents tend to be Naturally, a little bit cautious, understandably, because it's their, 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 their young children mm. that we're talking about here. But does that mean that sometimes parents might feel safer if their children go for, say, an option of taking law at university instead of taking art? Where, you know, if you go into law, you, 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 you can probably always have a job in law. Whether or not you're happy doing that, I don't know. Some people yes. will be, some people won't be. But people that tend to do arts, they, you know, it's fair less uh, it's far less assured in terms of a constant supply of work for you to do. But generally speaking, I imagine people are more fulfilled in the work that they do. It just depends where your passions and interests lie. I had a friend who went in, was took his father wanted to go into law and he decided to go into philosophy. But he went into law first, actually. Mm -hmm. And then he had ended up being so unhappy, he switched gears and went into philosophy and then he switched gears again later on and went into media studies and ended up in TV. I don't think it's great for parents to guide their children where to go because we're all individuals. Hmm. Um, and perhaps even then, there's people who are going to switch careers many times within their lives because something can might sustain interest for 10 years and then you want to do something else because the mind's hungry. We want to have adventures in what we're doing and what we're learning. So I don't, I think the world's changing. We're not necessarily only going to study one thing. Some people will and some people won't. And perhaps reducing the pressure on people, and what mm -hmm. they study and actually celebrating or studying anything at all is the way forward. And then mm. the more things you study, the more ways you can combine it to do something new. There isn't just the professions. There's other things that are going to be created.
So you might end up studying the arts and then decide you do want to go into law and go into doing something that combines the two, going into insurance law for artworks. Who knows? Mm. It could mm. be it could be anything. And we need to be creative about what we do, mm. however we do it. It's really good to hear. This is a good, deep, meaningful conversation as well here, Sasha. Now, one of the things that parents might be thinking or reminiscing about when they're listening to this right now is that when they were at school, maybe they enjoyed art. Maybe I'm drawing on my own personal experience here, but mm. but up to a point, I really enjoyed art. Then a different teacher came in. I didn't get on with that teacher. And then I lost my love of art from that moment onwards. And oh, dear, um, yeah. you know, I, I just found that their teaching style just Maybe it just didn't work with me. I, I don't know what it was. Do you find that there's a bit of a responsibility on you on retaining children's love of art while they're at school? Absolutely. I think it's for all the subjects. I mean, as a tutor, I even discuss it with the, my students and talk about every teacher is an individual and it's almost like a chemistry and whether you can share similar ideas or your characters, how you get, how you can move forward with, teaching and learning and uh, that's a skill set to realize that we're all human and we all have our characters and we all have our abilities how do you navigate that I have Clive Habel who's an incredible technician assistant artist and I think between us when we have a class of say 14 children we we kind of feel who we serve best within that mm. class so if there's a boy who loves sports because Clive Habel is a tennis coach and I can see he will inspire them, I will kind of, you know, mention to him, could you kind of guide this chap a little bit more to boost him with his confidence? Um, and vice versa, if I feel there's a student who better responds to the way I work, I'm much more of an expressive idea person and Clive's much more of a detail perfectionist we kind of slot in better for various students who we can encourage. So it's, what would you say? It's, an, it's almost a, it's an organic way we move around within the classroom. I love that. And I, and I guess having a smaller class size makes that feasible as well, as opposed to a class size, which is say double that number where you <laughs> almost need to manage them for an hour instead of nurture them. Yes. Yeah. Um, both Mr. Nelson and myself come from a comprehensive background where we had 30 children in a classroom. And the first thing that was important was behavior management, where mm. at All Hallows, we are so privileged to have fewer children who are coming into the class wanting to learn. They, are, mm. they come in with smiles on their faces and asking immediately, what are we doing today? <laughs> and I, you know, I have to say, wait, wait. Everyone has to come in. I can't say it 14 times. Yeah, that's, it's definitely an energizing thing to have the possibility of teaching in this way. So I consider myself very lucky. And Sasha, last question before we bring this to a close. People listening to this will have heard of Banksy, I presume, but may not know many other artists. Yes. Is Banksy a, a good artist, a great artist, or is he just a bit gritty and quite cool in 21st century Britain and not much more than that. I love Banksy. I went to Dismal Land, I think, four times. Oh, really? Gosh. <laughs> I loved it so much. Just tell us what that is for the sake of people listening who might not have uh, heard of it. It was at Westerman Supermare. It was a 
exhibition, many, many artists who joined in. So it's just a play on the idea of Disneyland. Look, yeah, it's political. It said some wonderful things about refugees. It's just, I love gritty work that challenges one with a narrative. Hmm. If we're talking about artists, some of uh, my favorite artists was Bill Viola, just looking at big questions. Ron Muick looking at, you know, our existence on this earth. So I don't, I think all artists have their merit. And I think as soon as you dismiss any artist or movement, it's showing that you haven't actually really explored it. Because there's within there, you'll find oh, yeah. some artist who, you, I mean, it is subjective who you like and who you don't. But as soon as you find out the backstory and why, you tend to, your respect starts to develop. So dismissing stuff is usually just because you don't, you haven't really looked into it or you don't know. It's just a, it's an initial response rather than a thought out one. Love that. The idea of finding out the backstory behind the artist. Sasha, we, we do need to bring this to a close now. If anyone wants to get in touch and find out more about art at All Hallows, what's the best way they can connect with you? My email, sguppy at All Hallows school.co.uk is where you'll find me sguppy at allhallowschool.co.uk that's perfect well look Sasha thank you for being here thanks for unpacking this world of art at All Hallows School it's really good to hear your take on on how art is in the UK but also to give us a bit of an international flavour there as well thank you very much for your time thank you for your time Simon so that was Sasha Guppy, Head of Art at All Hallows. Thank you so much, Sasha, for opening up this world, for sharing your thoughts and for speaking so openly about art. Now, if you're listening to this and you'd like to know more about art at school, then you can contact Sasha directly by emailing sguppy at allhallowsschool.co.uk. There's two S's in there, allhallowsschool.co.uk. Now, our next episode is coming out soon, but in the meantime, thank you for listening to this one. Don't forget to follow or subscribe so you can stay in touch, and we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now.